Shalom Aleichem. My name's Sandy Fox, or Sosia in Yiddish, and this is Vibratite, a feminist podcast that's typically in Yiddish. Thanks for listening. Today on our short is an extended cut of a conversation that I had with Einat Kadar. Einat's mother, Nomi, was a Yiddishist, a Yiddish writer, a Yiddish enthusiast, and a teacher who actually has appeared in my historical research exactly at the same time that I became close to Einat, in fact. When I decided to make an episode in Yiddish about people who've lost moms at young ages uh, in honor of my own mother's 10th year site, I couldn't imagine not talking to Einat because there's a special bond that people, I, th- I think, there's a special bond that people feel when they share this thing in common, when they've lost a mother or a father at a really young age. And Nomi also has this really powerful presence in the Yiddish world. But I felt like, do people know who she was? Who she is? Um, so I hope you enjoy this extended cut. And if you've never heard our podcast before and are curious about the Yiddish episodes, you can find our transcripts on our website. You can read along with the Yiddish and maybe pick up some and embrace your curiosity for all that is Yiddish. So you can find that at www.vibertych.com. Thank you and thanks to Anat for doing this with me. Enjoy. this close how about this is that good yeah okay oh wait but we need to both yeah. hear it yeah under otherwise i'm gonna sound like i'm really far away or like under the sea <laughs> okay but luckily it seems to be picking up from the side pretty well okay how about for me my too far it's incredibly intimate <laughs> Like, it's only inevitable that this leads to kissing. <laughs> two mouths. <laughs> two mouths. Amazing. Um, okay. Okay, who are you? Hi. I am Anat Kajar. Um, what else do you want to know about me? <laughs> what are you doing here? I am currently a medical student at Tel Aviv University, um, living, living in Tel Aviv. And um, with my other hats on, I work with my family foundation called the Naomi Foundation, which was created in honor of my mom, uh, Naomi Prower Kadar. So for All right, great. Yeah. Um, so the Naomi Foundation supports the scholarly pursuits of Yiddish. So we support Yiddish programs at a lot of academic institutions. And um, our hope is for Yiddish to continue to, or our hope is for Yiddish to gain, or maybe to continue to have the stature of any other language in the academic setting. Cool. Yeah. So that's related, I guess, to what your mom did right. in her life. Totally. So you want to talk about your mom? Yeah. So my mom was a Yiddish professor. Um, she received her PhD from Columbia University. And um, 
for my whole childhood, what I remember is my mom studying and having like stacks of books in front of her and going to the libraries at JTS and at Columbia and searching the archives at Evo. And I, I like remember all of this happening and her always working very hard um, because she just really loved learning about, I think that she loved learning I think that she loved learning sort of about her own, learning about herself through her own studies of Yiddish um, because she grew up in a Yiddish-speaking household and I think it was so, um, it was so like, uh, I can't think of how to say it in English, like I was going to say move on my love, like it was so understood that in their house, um, it that in their house as Holocaust survivors specifically, that they were going to speak Yiddish and that all of the kids were going to study Yiddish. And uh, it, it was like a huge time commitment also. And it was just prioritized above everything. So... Um, what else do you know about her childhood? Mm. Where was she born? Yeah, totally. Um, so my mom was born in the Bronx in New York and, um, she's the oldest (laughs) and what else do I really know? It's interesting. It's like interesting how you ask that question, but she was a very, she was very studious. That's most of what I know about her. Um, and incredibly passionate and uh, principled. Uh, They grew up in a secular Zionist home. So when she told her family that she was like done with college and she wanted to go to Israel for the year, that was supported wholeheartedly and I think her parents are probably really excited about it. Um, yeah, actually, my grandfather, <laughs> my grandfather had always uh, had a dream of coming here after the war, and I think because of visa reasons, he they ended up in the United States. Um, but so it's just interesting how, you know, the world works. <laughs> So when she came to Israel, she met your father? Yes. So she came to Israel and met my father um, on New Year's Eve. It must have been 1968, like I think turning to 1968. Um, and How old was she? She was, she was 19 and my dad was 18. Um, and it's just really interesting. I'm just thinking about what that year must have been like for her because, um, so, you know, I just got married. Um, I'm trying to think how to explain this because it feels very relevant to me, but <laughs> at the wedding, okay, when my mom came to Israel and didn't really know anyone, but but we did have connections here because my 
grandmother's uh, camp sister um, lived in Tel Aviv, Hannah Malinsky. And so Hannah Malinsky's daughter is now one of my aunt's best friends. So, you know, um, and what what I was thinking about was how Hannah Malinsky and her family like were sending updates uh, about, you know, my mom meeting an Israeli guy and what does that mean and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, even even in Israel, like her her roots here were very Yiddish based. My mom and I were just really, really, really close. Um, I'm the youngest, and uh, there was a period of time where I was sort of like the only child. Um, And so we spent a lot of time together, of course, me and my mom and my dad. And then um, my siblings were doing their things, (laughs) like college. Um, And then... When I was in junior, a junior in high school, I actually even remember the date. It was March 4th. Um, my mom was diagnosed with, with something. It wasn't actually totally clear what it was at that point. Um, and my dad uh, is a physician. And he sort of, like, took her under his wing and was like, now I only have one patient. And um, and I think that we got actually a lot closer during her whole time of um, being sick, maybe even specifically because she was very private about it. And so she shared a lot with family um, I guess because she felt very safe. Um, and so what was interesting also during all of those years, she was like, like she got her PhD during that time. She was like teaching. She really tried to keep going. Like there was nothing that could really stop her in a way. She was sort of like, she even amidst chemo and stuff got um did two hip replacements because she was like what's the point of the chemo if I can't even like walk comfortably um (laughs) and um I think was like very yeah she was just really wanted to enjoy life um and so also just as a mother she was also an academic and professional and a teacher and like a very available teacher to her students. Um, but she was always like a hundred percent available to her kids. Like she spoke to us every day and, um, she would like wake up early to like help me edit papers. We'd talk at like 5am and, um, (laughs) and just like a very invested mother. Um, yeah, and then she, um, it's like sort of all 
a sort of like a blur <laughs> in terms of I'm like when when did everything happen? Um, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if I think about it hard enough, yeah. I can piece piece it all together. But I guess I, like my I have my own defense mechanisms to not do that, um, which is interesting. Also, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just like remembering all sorts of funny things now. <laughs> um, yeah, like. Uh, just like, just like little like snippets of things. Like, I like came to her, like this must have been the last week. Um, I like came to her and she was like in the hospital bed and I was like, "Can we cuddle?" And she was like, "Sure, get in." She's <laughs> like, crazy. Um, How old were you at that point? Yeah, I was. I was twenty three. I think I was. I actually need to do the math. I was 23 when my mom died, but my birthday is three weeks after the date of her death, February 23rd, is when she passed away. So I don't actually know if I was 22 or 23. Like, I need to think about it a little bit. Um, (laughs) Math. Um, Yeah, and it was such a, it was just such a crazy time. it was such a crazy time. And I, and even in her last weeks, I just remembered also that we, like, I don't know if we were reading, like, we were reading, like, Yuda Amichai. We had all sorts of activities to sort of pass the time. Crosswords. Yeah. A lot of poetry analysis as a family. Um... And she was just like very clear about um, about what she wanted, even like what she wanted at her funeral. Um, like we knew which songs, and um, yeah, it, it was just really interesting. Sort of like how much direction she gave us, not not in a um, controlling way, just actually in a way that was sort of, like, like, relieving at the time. I remember being like, okay, well, we know exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, which I think is was its own form of, like, incredible caring and, like, insight and being able to see into the future. Um, and I think that she was just so... I don't need, I don't know what the word is, but she she said to me so much like I have so much more to give, like I have so much more that I want to give, and what's gonna happen with this project and what's gonna happen with this project and like, um, and I I mean it is from that root of like knowing how much more she has to give and knowing how deeply she cared about the institutions that she was working with that and how much she loved teaching that we started the foundation. That was like where that came from. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
So maybe I'll just talk a little bit about why I wanted to talk to you. So obviously my listeners might notice that we're speaking English. Einat <laughs> doesn't speak Yiddish, but it's never too late. <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure at all. Um, but in all seriousness, I really wanted to talk to you because we only met a couple of years ago. And like, if you cumulatively collected all the time we spent together, it's not that many hours, really. We've been living, you know, mostly in different continents. Like, I think I met you and you moved to Israel shortly after we met. I don't think it was like all that long in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right? It must have been like via Simcha. I don't know. I think it was I like... Think it was via Ira. We, we never, we haven't spent that many hours together. I feel like we have a very close connection. I was really honored to be at your wedding. And um, I think part of it is that we both lost our mothers. I don't exactly know like when we first talked about it or if like I knew about it more naturally being involved in Yiddish than I would, you know, with mm -hmm. other people. But, you know, it's one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is there is this interesting thing of like a common bond between people who have lost parents at young ages, even if the losses are really different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you had a really close relationship with your mother. I really didn't because she was sick from when I was very little. I didn't know she was going to pass away. I didn't have like last weeks with her. Mm -hmm. And like both of those are tragic. They're really different types of tragic. And it's hard totally. for me to imagine what you went through. And um, yeah, so I really felt that doing this episode about what I wanted to call like the moms we've lost, you know, um, of your mother and Julie's mother and my mother, I just couldn't imagine not talking about your mother because since I've met you, she's appeared in my research. Mm -hmm. She's been like a historical subject, you know, mm -hmm. um, she's in the Jugendtruf Archive, the archive, um, some of her poetry and I've seen her name around and it's kind of amazing. And it's not the only, you're not, your mom's not the only mom or dad who's in my research actually, but I feel this like connection to her knowing you. And I imagine that you guys were probably similar. I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to think so. I, you know. the, the way you're describing her. Yeah is very ambitious and studious and all these mm -hmm. things like you, that's in you too. Yeah. So I really wanted to talk to you and I'm glad you came and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that something that has been very powerful for me since my mom passed away. And I don't know if you had this experience was just like how much I learned about her afterwards, like how much she continues to grow and have layers and I think that I felt like such a treasure in you in being able to sort of like understand different parts of her like through you her teenage side, her teenage side yeah <laughs> her, her her angsty years um it's just funny because I, I I always think of her as like and who knows? But I always think of her as this, like, incredibly mature child from, like, a really, really young age. Um, I mean, and, growing up with parents who right. were survivors. And she was born in, in Europe, right? No, she, she wasn't. She was born, born here. here. She was born, she was born here. here. But, oh, I mean, right. not here. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're, we're actually in Israel. We're actually in Israel. She uh, was born. Whenever I talk to she, Americans, I it's very confusing. I'm like, you know, here. Yeah. <laughs> no. She was, she was born in the Bronx, but, like, right. very much very much um very much in what how do you how do you even describe it like out of 
out of the ashes she was the like hope and the beauty and um and I think that she maybe didn't even realize how much how do I say this like I don't think that she realized how much her identity was of a Holocaust survivor's child until and like how that deeply impacted her on certain levels it was like so obvious like that she taught Yiddish and that she like wanted to keep this going um but it's like a it's a large burden to carry yeah and for that generation I mean and for our generation as well but I think that something that people are always really confused about with my mom is um is how she how she was such a like serious Zionist and also such a serious Yiddishist at the same time. And to me and in our house, like there was never any like contradiction there. It was just all one yeah. thing. And so I remember how excited she was to teach at the Tel Aviv uh, program because it was like sort of everything, all of her in one program in a way. Um, And I think it was really important to her just to like, just to show, to, to sort of change the view of Yiddish in Israel as much as she could. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how... Not one person's job. Right. Um, No, it's very... It is funny how they're considered, in so many ways, contradictory, even though there's so much in common there. There are two types of nationalism, two types of Jewish nationalism. And there were... I mean, there were Polo-Lazion groups, and, like, she... she Totally. Polo. That was... That was was how her parents grew up, for sure. (laughs) So you want to read the poem with me? Okay, so I'll read the Yiddish first. In a free morgen, hell bloy of bloy, wenn die Welt is a kala bedeckt mit toy, verhielt in der Zunds noch kielen flas, losech a fischer erreis afen jam. Der jan via mame mit a breiter schois, victim beleitim von haven erreis, glettim das schiffel effent a weg, hidem sein derech zurechtem breg. Peter Fischer zu dein Mutterstamm, zu der Sonne die Himmlen zum stillen Jam, in Schalva zu losen die Netzen herab, frühmorgens und morgens und dortes und sof. A poem. Sorry, let me start again. A poem by Naomi Prower, Jerusalem. In an early morning, light blue on blue, when the world is a bride covered with dew, enveloped in the sun's still cool rays, a fisherman goes out to sea. The sea, like a mother with a wide lap, rocks him, escorts him out of the harbor. The ship caresses him, opening away, protects him on his way back to the shore. The fisherman asks his ancestry, the sun, the sky, and the quiet sea, to let down the nets serenely, mornings and tomorrows and generations with no end. It's such a beautiful poem. So I found that poem in the Jugendtruf of Journal yeah. when I was here. Was that June or was that January? Is that weird? June, I don't. June. I think, I it, was think June. it was June. It was June. It was June. Yeah. Um, and 
and then I translated it with Yanko Peretz just because yeah. I wanted you to to be able to read it. So yeah. what do you, knowing her and knowing about her, what do you think the poem is about or what it means? And this, I should say, I don't have the year in front of me because the Yugen Truth website is down right now, <laughs> but it must have been in the 60s. I think but if she was yeah. a teenager. I, I think it was probably, if it was in Jerusalem, I think it was probably the year that she met my dad. Mm. I know that she was writing a lot of poetry that year. We found a lot of poetry. Um, so, well, first of all, let me just say that um, it meant a lot to find the poem with you. Um, it felt very, like, fortuitous, sort of how, I don't know, it just happened very, like, in a moment when I really uh, could, like, use a little chizuk. Um, how should I translate that? Yeah, a little strength, a little like like a booster of strength. Um, and yeah, and then I had just gotten engaged a couple of months before, and it was so crazy to have this eighteen year old my mother at eighteen talking to what felt directly to me about um, like about this uh, I'm really having trouble finding words for it actually I wanted to say like about this like like hugging enveloping kind of um, nurturing maternal love like, and I mean, I'm not, I think I'm not alone when I say that huge life changes are, even incredibly joyous occasions are really emotional times that, and those are the times that we probably, I'll speak for myself, but I imagine that we probably are sort of like looking for our mother over our shoulders, um, and so it felt like, like, how did you know <laughs> that I needed to hear this? Um, and though I have thought about like why she wrote it and what was happening for her, and um, it's it's harder, I guess, for me to answer those questions, and I also feel sort of okay about that because it it wasn't even though it was the person that I knew, it also wasn't the person that I knew. Like she was, um, and so it almost feels more appropriate for me as her daughter to um, to sort of like I kind of hear her talking to me in a really beautiful, poetic way. I don't even, and just like the womb imagery and the the ancestor imagery and the, how she like talks about the generation, that's, that's a theme, that's something I've seen in other poems of hers also, that like, this like, mm, infinite, uh, infinite thread connecting all of the generations. That's really, I think, 
Yeah. Well, it's a really beautiful poem, and I'm really glad I, I kind of stumbled upon it, or maybe I just said, oh, we should look up her name in the yeah. archive, and then and I found it. And it was like, it was just, I, I think that we found something else, but that this was the one that was most, um, like, it was succinct, <laughs> and yeah. so it was possible to translate it. You, like, translate it on the spot, pretty much, so that was great. Um, yeah. And it just really means a lot to me. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I mean, it means a lot to me as someone who's lost her mother also to talk to other people about their experiences because it it opens up for me new like realms of my own understanding mm-hmm. of my mother and of what it's like to lose someone mm-hmm. that you're, you know, that birthed you. Right. <laughs> and... Um... And also, I think that there's a piece of it that's like so much of us came from this person. And also, we are constantly growing. And like, the, for I, I keep on finding that I feel like my mother appears in all of these like different ways. And I continue to learn from her, even though she's not here. But I really do feel her. And it's and I think that this poem is a, a like perfect example of that. Like, what are the chances two months after I get engaged that I am sitting with a friend in a cafe in Tel Aviv? And we also thank you, Yankel, for the archives because yeah. <laughs> it was incredibly incredibly Seriously, accessible. Thank you. <laughs> um, My research depended on it. <laughs> um, that we just uh, you know. Looked on the internet and found like a a piece of her, something that came out of her creative mind. It's amazing. Really, really is amazing. So thanks for sitting with me and talking to me about your mom. It's really special. And uh and I hope I keep discovering more and more from her. Yeah. Thank you so much for for creating a space where I can talk about my mom. It's always really special for me to uh it's always really special for me to reflect on upon her and my relationship with her and her writing and um how much she has made me into who I am and um and I feel really grateful for our friendship also because it just feels like the layers keep on unfolding. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>